I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here you go. Here you go. suspended nothing personal word of the day it is friday april 21st 2023 and we have made it to show 800 this is the 800th regular episode of nothing personal thank you to those who are watching live on the nothing personal with david sampson youtube channel for all the people who listen we have grown this show from one unique listener named mom all the way to where we are today in a very short period of time. And we are not stopping. We are growing this and we're going to be doing quite a few exciting things this year. Maybe. Yeah, we definitely are. But we got to talk about all of the sports business news. That's what we do every day. Suspended. Sometimes when we say things are happening, they're actually happening because maybe, just maybe, I'm not a break news. You know that. I'm not an investigative reporter, but I have a pretty good idea when things are going on within the sports world, because maybe I've seen it before. There was no way that Max Scherzer was not going to be suspended 10 games for a violation of the rules against foreign substances, period. It was the easiest wait to see of all time. I figured he'd appeal. He did. And then they settled. Let me tell you how it all works, just so you know, because you're going to read a bunch of stuff especially because Boris and Max Scherzer have combined to try to give you the narrative. So I just want to give you how it goes down. The rules are clear. And we went through it yesterday. We may have said we'd like the rules to be different, but we said what they are. And the players know it, the agents know it, the teams know it, and baseball knows it. When the umpires in their discretion say that you've got a foreign substance, that you've got something that you're not supposed to have, or something you can have, but you're in excess, doesn't matter. You're out of the game and you're suspended 10 games. That's the rule. There's only been two suspensions until Scherzer. He became the third. You can always appeal your suspension and Max Scherzer claiming that he was not aware that it was not an independent arbitrator who would hear the suspension is laughable. Scott Boris and Max Scherzer basically ran the collective bargaining negotiations. They very well know that the arbitrator is assigned by the commissioner and his name is John McHale. So John McHale is sitting in an office, sitting with his bow tie, known John for 23 years, 24 years. Max Scherzer was impugning his credibility, saying he would not get a fair non partisan hearing. You think that John McHale is going to sacrifice the reputation of him and his family because he's against you, Max? No. The reason why you would lose the appeal is that you were using foreign substances in a way that was illegal and everybody knew it and they had evidence, they had testimony, and you had nothing but swearing on your kids' lives. 
So when presented with that reality, Scherzer said, listen, this is, by the way, side note, Coca, isn't it your favorite thing? When guys who get uh, ster- dinged for steroids, they say, you know, I didn't do it. I had diarrhea, my stomach hurt. I didn't read the label, whatever it is. I didn't do it. There's no way I would ever put a needle in my ass. I didn't do it. But out of respect for the team in the process, I'm not going to appeal. It's not exactly how it happens. The way it happens is that you're presented with the evidence. (laughs) This is really what happens. And the player and the union and the agent, they get together and the union and the agent say, hey, listen, you may have a tiny small problem in your appeal. And then some players say, no, no, I'm still going forward with it because I'm calling to the stand the FedEx driver. And he's going to say that he stopped to get baked on April 20th and may have misunderstood what to do with my pee-pee. Sorry, people in Milwaukee. I know that may be tough to hear, but come on, man. So Max Scherzer knew exactly what was happening. So he goes to baseball and he says, all right, listen, how about if I drop the appeal in return for you lowering the fine from 10 grand to five grand? No, baseball always has that. The fine is $10,000 in addition to the appeal. Mike Hill has complete authority to go to the player and make sure that if the player doesn't appeal, meaning doesn't go through a hearing, drops the appeal that was filed without it having to go to hearing, without there having to be a decision, he's willing to cut five grand off the fine. What a guy. It's like not giving him meal money for a trip. I mean, really? He makes $43 million a year. It's like people criticizing Jordan for for gambling while golfing. When you golf, which I don't, but if you gamble a dollar per hole, and that's the equivalent with your net worth versus Jordan's net worth of him gambling $10,000 per hole, who's got the gambling problem? Query, is it neither? Is it both? But it can't be one or the other. It's just straight math. So when you look at a $10,000 fine, one of my biggest frustrations over the years was how our ability to find players under the collective bargain agreement was so minimal. They'd laugh at us. I've told you this before, but players prepaying their fine when they didn't want to do something with what they found like in the bottom of their locker. I'm not saying they're all over rich and I'm not saying the majority of players have life-changing money because they don't actually. That is one of the great misconceptions about athletes is that they all live happily ever after. They do not. 95%, if not more, do not live happily ever after. I mean, they don't turn into into 'er ne'er-do-wells, but they have to get jobs like normal people at the age of 25, 26, 27, whatever the case is. I don't know how I got off that on tangent. Oh, the fine. So the fine goes from 10 grand to five grand. Who cares? What interested me about the fact that he is now suspended for 10 games, two things that happened. When MLB announced the original suspension, they did it in a way that was a little, eh, just a little F you right to Boris and Scherzer. They laid out in their statement that came from Mike Hill, the senior vice president of on-field operations, former president of baseball operations for the Marlins, also worked for the Rockies, Harvard guy. The statement came from him because that's his job. He's in charge of the umpires. Anything that goes on on the field, that's him. So they go through. Now, I'm not saying that Mike Hill couldn't. I'm just saying that Mike Hill doesn't write the entire statement. 
They have PR people, they have labor lawyers, they have a labor relations department, and they all get together and they figure out, how do you want to announce this? Because sometimes the announcements are, John Cocktoston was suspended for he will miss 80 games, right? There's a three word sentence, a three sentence statement. Other times you get what they did yesterday. It's three pretty decent sized paragraphs, but I want to talk about the relevant one. MLB reviewed relevant, by the way, I didn't know that was going to happen. MLB reviewed relevant video and first person reports. Despite having been warned earlier in the game, including being required to make an equipment change, Mr. Scherzer was found to be in violation of the foreign substance prohibitions of the official baseball rules prior, here it is, to the bottom of the fourth inning. What Max Scherzer continues to say is that he was sweating. He mixed the sweat with the rosin. He's innocent. I'll bet my children's lives on it. He had not faced a batter when he came out. The umpires checked him when he wouldn't have expected to be checked. Gets checked in the fourth inning. And then they concluded the level of stickiness during the fourth inning check was so extreme that it was inconsistent with the use of rosin and or sweat alone. Yahtzee. They sit down with Max Scherzer and Scott Boras and say, hey, you're going to keep going with the rosin sweat story? That's okay. We've got 25 witnesses who are going to come forward and say that the level of stickiness that your player had is not from rosin and sweat. Who do you think is going to win that one? So you're sure that you want to die on that rosin sweat hill? You want to keep repeating that? We're going to put it in the statement and it's going to be clear to you that this is inconsistent how sticky you were with rosin and or sweat alone. Then in the statement, they re-give the rules that Max and Scott and every other player is aware of. MLB annually distributes. This is in the Scherzer suspended statement, which shows you all of these details all show you how ready they were to go to hearing and how he was going to get destroyed and his entire sort of aura would be taken down a notch as a little payback for collective bargaining or just as the reality that he was using sick and stuff and cheating. So they put all this in the statement. MLB annually distributes guidance to clubs and players covering the rules, prohibiting the use of foreign substances, including the enforcement measures that the umpires will take on the field. That would have been enough. Dianu. As recently as March 16th, 2023, all 30 clubs were reminded, Dianu, that player use of rosin always must be consistent with the requirements and expectations of the official baseball rules, Dianu, when used excessively or otherwise misapplied. Uh-oh. Max, we may have a small problem that even Charlize Theron cannot handle. You may have been in violation of the rules that you saw under one month ago. Moreover, in the statement... Players may not intentionally combine rosin with other substances, e.g. sunscreen, to create additional tackiness. To the lawyers out there, e.g. Do you know what that means? Do you think it means that that's the only thing that you can't combine with rosin when they do an e.g.? Or is e.g. like, as an example, don't combine rosin with sunscreen? 
I've told you my favorite part of our clubhouse was the vat of sunscreen we had in a retractable roof building. Please protect your skin. Those lights under the roof are extremely UV difficult on the skin. <laughs> Come on. So the Mets told Max, do me a favor. Just sit for 10. We're good. Just as we said it would. So everything's done. Max is out. He meets the media. He doubles down saying it was just rosin and sweat. I figured that was it. But no, we had to have one more soundbite from Scott. There's no way he was just going to let it lie. And so he didn't. He said, no one can explain what is too sticky, Boris said in a statement. Hold on. Let me go back to the statement. Let me see if I can tell you what too sticky is. Of course, not only is it explained to the players, Scott, it's actually shown to the players. The players themselves know exactly what's too sticky. And you can't say my spin rates are the same. It's not about your spin rates. It's about the level of stick. There are no units of stickiness to quantify. This is such Boris talk. Yes, you are allowed four kilowatts of stickiness, not five and not three. Of course, there's no units of stickiness. What, what are you even talking about? MLB attempts to level a playing field by using standards that are not measurable. Now we're talking. What do you think he means? Do you think it's a single entendre or a double entendre? I'm going to argue it may be a triple entendre. MLB attempts to level a playing field. Does that mean that MLB has something against Max and Scott for collective bargaining? Mm. Does that mean that MLB has something against Steve Cohen and the Mets? Mm. Does that mean that MLB has something against pitchers because they want offense? Mm. Triple entendre. I think you're right, Scott. So now the Mets are stuck. No Scherzer, no Verlander, no Carrasco. Not that that's, if you're a Mets fan, you're happy you don't have Carrasco. The guy stinks. So now you've got dopey, sneezy, and grumpy in your pitching rotation for a bit, which is rough for a $380 million team, but it's a long season. Don't panic, Mets fans, because Diaz could come back this year. You never know. All right, let's talk about more wasted money. This magic moment, it is such a magic moment. Why is that song in my head? I do not know. I do not know, I say. It's Friday is the only thing I can think of. And I've got a very busy week coming up, so I'm going to be resting very much this weekend. On my calendar, I use the Samsonian calendar. I don't know if you know this, but it's a different kind of calendar. It's not like the Gregorian or the Judeo-Christian or the... Hallmark one. It's the Samsonian calendar. And tomorrow happens to be April 20th. Weird, I know, but I'm looking forward to that because it's a weekend, baby. What are we talking about? Coco, where are we? Coca, are you gone? Can you hear me? Are we out of internet? Ah, pitcher's money. Scherzer, $43 million for two years. I'm fine with that deal. Verlander, $43 million for two years. I think it's three years for both those guys. I'm okay. It's not the end of the world. It's a little much. They're a little old. How many times are we going to have a conversation about long-term contracts for pitchers and how good it feels 
when you sign it and how bad it feels when it's actually happening. Max Scherzer's an example of a long-term contract that was outstanding. Justin Verlander, an example of a long-term contract that was outstanding. The rare example where the player outperforms the contract, which contrary to what fans may want to think, that's the goal of the front office. The player's goal is that they don't outperform their contract or that they outperform it in time to get another new one. But the front office says, you know, it would be nice if you could earn your money. The Arizona Diamondbacks signed Madison Baumgartner to a five-year, $85 million deal. They've got $34 million left to pay him. And they made the decision yesterday, no mas. We're done. He's so bad, we're going to release him. It's called designating for assignment. It's the same thing as releasing him. Here's why. When you designate a player for assignment, every team in Major League Baseball has a chance to take you for no compensation. You don't have to give any players. You actually just have to pay the contract that the player's under. It's called assuming the contract. I'd like a show of hands for any GM who's going to assume Madison Baumgartner's contract. Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Nobody. Once nobody does, you're released, and then you can sign him for 700 grand. That's the minimum. It's actually 720 grand this year. And you don't have to pay him 720 grand because divide 720 by the number of days in the championship season, just assume it's six months, even though it's not exact. So basically, if you have him for half a season, you pay $360,000. So it gets prorated. When Madison Baumgartner signed that deal, they had a big press conference. The owner was there. I'll never forget this. Do we have uh, stock photos of that? Ken Kendrick sitting there all proud, bringing in the World Series champion, the great postseason pitcher. What a great moment in Diamondbacks history. Where was he when they designated him? The owners never go to the press conference. Where is it going to be when Patrick Corbin gets jettisoned? Are the learners going to stand up and say, hey, hey, now we were a rock star, but God, he stinks. Six years, 140 million, the Nationals regret it. Chris Sale, the Red Sox regret it, I promise you. Six, five years, 145. If you ask the Blue Jays who just signed Jose Berrios to a seven-year, $131 million contract, they regret it. Robbie Ray, Cy Young Award winner, signed by the Mariners, five years, 115, signed him at the top, celebrating the fact that they brought in the Cy Young Award winner. Regret it. Here's why. I've been trying to explain the mentality that you get. It is the most bizarre thing. You sit around in an echo chamber that is a front office with an owner who really does want to win. You've got baseball people who really are not looking out for owner's money. They want to win now and they don't care about later because the assumption is either they're not going to be there or if they are going to be there, the owner will forgive, forget, and provide the resources to cover up any mistake. So therefore, when you have a chance to quiet down the media, to appease fans, to help your, your sales force, to have someone to market around, to keep a player or to sign a new player that's a big splash during the offseason, you do it. 
MLB stands up during meetings and says, guys, what's wrong with you? It's wrong every time. Here's the facts. Boom. They show you every signing that's wrong and every signing that's right. And the signings that are right fit in the palm of your hand. The signings that are wrong don't fit in the room. But every owner says, that's not me. It's like the same people who do dangerous things and say, oh, this won't be me. It's not going to happen to me. And then it does. And then you say, I'm going to do a commercial imploring people to use sunscreen. Well, your mom told you to use sunscreen. That'll do it for Madison Baumgartner. Someone's going to pick him up, by the way. It just wouldn't be me. All right, let's talk about the CBA for a moment. We shouldn't have to be having collective bargaining discussions. We just got through a lockout. There's an agreement in place through 2027, I think. 2026, what year are we in? We're in 23, was signed in 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Through 2026 is the CBA. I like when I'm live and you can see me counting. It's not like we can stop tape and wipe and I can mute before you don't hear what I'm saying. Ah, I just put the cough button on. In any case, during the course of a year, there is a calendar of events that take place where the union and league are very focused on what is said. Tony Clark and Rob Manford don't just willy-nilly meet the media. They don't just willy-nilly give speeches. They don't just willy-nilly expect accept to speak at conferences. When Rob Manford accepted to be at the Sports Business Journal's World Congress of Sports, it is clear that he's there for a reason. He doesn't need to glad hand. The people who sign his checks are not asking him to go there. He's going there strategically to make it very clear if he has a point to make. And Rob Manford went to the World Congress this week with a point to make. He discussed that owners generally have an issue with contract length. Now think about this concept, because this has been talked about for, I don't know, how long would you say? Um, 20 years, where there is a disagreement between the commissioner's office and owners over how long contracts should be. But what Rob Manford did is he said that owners now want to limit the length of major league player contracts. And his quote was, a reform that has been of interest to ownership for a number of years is a limitation of contract length. Obviously, players love it, gives them financial security for a very long period of time. The difficulty, and I think players will come to appreciate this, is that those contracts result in a transfer from the current stars to yesterday's stars. Let me explain the two things that just took place. Rob Manford's trying to get in front of the union and in front of the public and in front of executives that they are going to push for a max number of years in contracts. Do you know who else has a max number of years while you were sleeping? The NBA. As a matter of fact, Coca, I believe the NFL does too. No, they don't actually. I think it's just the NBA. But anyway, what Rob Manford knows but can't say out loud is that there's already a maximum of contract length 
in Major League Baseball. And that maximum is whatever an owner will give to a player. Why do you need a rule that protects you from yourself? What about the discipline to not give contracts longer than you should to players who are going to be older and not performing? The reason owners do it is that they want to spread out any luxury tax hit. They don't want to worry about 10 years from now. They're perfectly fine with the player being bad for the last three years. If they can get them for the first seven years and the agents say, we're only going to come to you if you give 10 years. And the owner says, no problem. I'm in because the agent says, if you're not in this guy's in and he's your competitor and you're not going to win a rig. And then you're not going to win the BDC and owners really want to win the BDC. So agents know exactly what to do, but if owners had the ability to all decide not together, because that'd be collusion, but they all decide, why would anyone sign a pitcher for more than four years? So Rob starts with that. But then the second half of what he said is what Major League Baseball does and what the union does. Major League Baseball tries to create division within the union. The union tries to create division within the owners. When there's division on one side or the other, that is a weakness that can be absolutely identified during a negotiation. It can be amplified. So Rob says for everyone to hear, these long-term deals result in a transfer from the current stars to yesterday's stars. Why would Rob say it? Because one of the union's big issues is that the young players of which the union is mostly made of, they want to make more money faster. And what they got is increased minimums from 700 grand to 720 grand. They got a pre-arbitration pool of a couple million dollars. So if you're the best of the best, you can make 2 million instead of 800 grand. We're talking about my dream. Free agency every year, all one year deals. You're Julio Rodriguez, you get $30 million this year. You're Patrick Corbin, you get $2.25 this year. I'm in. But when Rob Manfred says, hey, all you young players, all these big contracts that all these guys are signing, it's only a tiny fraction of you and they're taking money out of your pocket. Tony Clark sees this happening and immediately has to respond. And so he does. The public statements from Rod Manford about the owner's desire to limit guaranteed contracts is just one more in a series of statements attacking fundamental aspects of our free market system. And then he does a little poke to the owner and the freedom of clubs and players to structure deals in the best interests of all parties. Hmm. The ability of individual clubs to act in their own self-interest. <laughs> That's what the union wants. I love you, Steve Cohn. That's what Tony Clark runs around saying. Peter Seidler, you're my hero. You're my main man, Blue. They want the owners to act in their self-interest. They want the owners to know that if they don't do something, someone else is going to. This is awesome. I mean, just because it's great content for nothing personal. And it's going to keep going. 
Because when you're Rob Manford and when you're Tony Clark, you're spending the next number of years, three years basically, preparing. This is not the only industry. Politics, this happens all the time. Everybody's running for re-election the minute they're elected and the people who lose are trying to run again. And they're all positioning each other. It's called partisanship. It's not just the left and the right, Republicans and Democrats, players, management, union, management. It's a Tuesday. All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie that you asked me to watch. And then we're going to talk about what happened in the NBA playoffs last night because that was unacceptable. Hard stop. I know you're listening, Adam. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Today is Friday, April 21st. This is show number 800. Now we've done more than 800 Nothing Personal episodes because we have sit-downs and mailbags and bonuses. This is the 800th standard show with a word of the day and a review and a pick of the day. 800 Coca, who would have thunk it when you walked right up to my desk and said, I'll do this with you as long as we name it Nothing Personal. And as long as you say exactly what I want you to say when I want you to say it, and never stray from the script that we're not going to have. The Promise, a great song by Bruce Springsteen. A great song. If you haven't listened to it, God, would it be great if he played it on tour? It's not currently in the set list, but it would be amazing. Maybe they'll sound check it somewhere in Europe. I watch a movie every day. Today, on April 21st, the final two episodes of Jury Duty come out. You can Bet your bippy that jury duty is going to be reviewed next week by me. Two episodes left of that Amazon show. I cannot wait. The minute this show ends, I am scurrying back under the covers, putting jury duty on. I mean, three minutes after I'm back under the covers. Please give me suggestions. Please. One of you did. It's called The Promise. I can't believe I never saw it. Christian Bale and Oscar Isaac did a movie that I didn't see. I don't know what I was doing. Although 2016 was not a perfect year, but I'm just surprised. So this is a movie about a group of Armenians and what happens to them when the Turks try to exterminate them. It's a love triangle, so people would call it a love story, but it's really a story about a genocide. 
a true story about how the French came and helped, how the Americans did something maybe with the guy from Babe and the professor from iRobot. Christian Bale has yet to make a bad movie. Have you given me a bad movie that he's done? I'm not sure I've ever reviewed a bad movie that he's done. Oscar Isaac, Inside Lewin Davis, you ever seen it? We told you to watch the uh, the show with Jessica Chastain that we reviewed that I can't remember. It's not Marriage Story. That's Adam Driver. It's a different one that was a series. And there's tons of other movies he's done that I can't think of off the top of my head because this is entire shows off the top of my head. But The Promise, while it's seven years old, is two hours and 12 minutes, and it flew by. I checked my phone twice only when I was in the middle of like a battle scene. I wanted to check the phone, but it was an interesting story that I was not aware of. I had actually forgotten that Istanbul is used to be known as Constantinople. I remember learning about Constantinople when I was in school, but I didn't remember much because who remembers stuff after the exam, right? Don't you just put it right in the front, short-term memory, and then gone if it's not applicable to what you're going to do in your life? Of course, you never know what you're going to do. Anyway, The Promise. Thank you for that suggestion. Keep sending me movies. I keep a list. I really do. I swear to you. I I, I do. You People may not believe me. As a matter of fact, I just looked at my phone, and uh, I got two more suggestions right now. So I'm going to keep them coming. Promise. Enjoy it. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. What do we got? Another undefeated night. We had the Padres and Tatis beating the Diamondbacks, and it happened exactly as I thought it would. Tatis came back top of the lineup and helped them to victory with an 0 for 5 with two punches. But that's what betting is. The team somehow got out of its offensive malaise and put on a seventh spot on the D-backs. doesn't matter. It's a win. We're 59 and 55. And then we had the Sixers minus five over the Nets, which was not looking good. But thanks to an 11-1 run to end the game, it ended up a push. So we are 59-55. and 55. Can we talk about what happened in the Sixer game? All right, I'm going to breathe because I don't want to overreact. But I really just, I want to get this one right for you. Okay, ready? Uh, count me in. Six, eight, 69. What are you doing, Adam? You're letting your referee stand there and tell me, Tony Brothers, a great referee, and tell me that what James Harden did was excessive contact to the nether regions? I'm not a James Harden guy. I think you know that. But if you look at the play that James Harden made that drew a flagrant two on what was a flop because it was a little attempt at a separation using the forearm that it just so happens to be that James Harden is down low protecting the ball. So when you put the forearm out to get separation, you may have touched the PR. Come on, be better. Was it a makeup call for the fact that you didn't give Joel Embiid a flagrant two? Early in the game, Joel Embiid gets posterized. What's the name of the guy? Come on, Coca. Please help me right now. Um, Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton dunks on him. They fall. Claxton steps over him, stares at him, taunts him 15 yards in the NFL. I have nothing against that. So far, it's fine. Looks down at him. And this was done. Patrick Ewing used to do this. Michael Jordan did it to everybody. Everybody, if you didn't get the Jordan stare, it means you're not trying. 
Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, takes his sizable foot, and you know what a big foot means, big shoes and big leg, takes his leg and like scissor kicks Claxton right in the jimmy. Whistle blows, and it's a flagrant one. People are saying what he did is worse than what Draymond Green did to get the flagrant two and get suspended for a game. Not true. Draymond Green took all the weight of his body and stomped on Sabonis' chest and then did not leave the court without taunting fans and then had a terrible reputation on top of that. So don't compare Embiid to Draymond. However, I'm going to compare Embiid to Harden. These are the same referees in the same game. You can't say that Embiid is a one and Harden's a two. Are there makeup calls in the NBA? Yes. But the makeup calls are done with personal fouls. Sometimes they're done in extreme cases. Steve Javi, I'm looking at you. Daryl Garrison would do this, old-time referee. Sometimes they're done with matching technical fouls. You don't do it with flagrant fouls. You don't make up when you think that Embiid maybe should have had a two, maybe should have, would have, could have, so you have Harden with the two. It's not how to operate. Now, Harden was ejected for the rest of the game. It didn't matter that Sixers won, but remember the point system that gets you suspended. If Harden gets another flagrant two, he's going to be suspended. The problem I have is the inconsistent application of the flop rule. If you are going to call gross and excessive contact, that's fine. But it has to be excessive contact. And excessive contact to me is like pornography. I can't describe what it is. This is the famous way that it's described. But I know it when I see it. That's how I feel about excessive content. That's how I feel referees should feel about it. When you look at the replay of what Harden did, he didn't do a Kermit Washington. He got separation with his forearm and a part of the body that may or may not have been painful. I was very annoyed by that. I really was. So that series is 3-0 as we told you it would be. We are 59-55. and 55. Let me give you the picks for today if you don't mind. The Cavs are playing the Knicks at the Garden. The Knicks are hosting a playoff game. The Knicks have been a very good home team. The Knicks are getting one and a half points. Sorry, do that again, Coca. 8-7-69. The Knicks are a very good home team. They're hosting a playoff game tonight at the Garden. And they are giving one and a half points to the Cavaliers. There are some who will argue that this will be a seven-game series. There are some, and it's tied at one right now. There's some saying the Knicks have a chance to beat the Cavaliers because they're a better team, and those are most of the people in New York. I have a little bit of memory about what happens when the Knicks win one of two on the road to start a series. Yes, I'm calling back 1994 against the Rockets. Yes, I'm calling back how excited I was because we were about to win a championship. And yes, I'm still angry with you, Sam Cassell, for making sure that we would lose game three at home. Cavs plus one and a half. The Knicks doing a callback to their life from 29 years ago, and they will lose game three. However, the Cavs are even getting a point and a half, which makes it even better because now I can root for the Knicks to win by one, and I get everything I want.
Cavs plus one and a half. Baseball tonight, we have a game between the Angels and the Royals. If you're following the Angels, you're paying attention to people talking. Our friend, the person, one of my closest friends in the business is a guy named Jeff Passan, works for ESPN. He and I vacation together. We hang out. It is amazing. Spoiler alert, never met the guy. Passing. Sorry, Coca, thank you. Pass in. Never met him. Not one time in my life. Think about that the next time you read about what he says about me. Never met the guy. He went on and talked about Otani yesterday, and I get what he's saying. He said that if the Angels, and he's not the only one, very important first half of the season for the Angels, because if they're not in it, they're going to trade Otani. No, they're not. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are not trading Shohei Otani. They would rather him walk away with no compensation. After a qualifying offer, they'll get compensation. But they are not going to trade him. Never. I don't care if they're 20 games under. Mark my words. When you're trying to sell a team and you're not there yet, you're not trading away your biggest asset without a new owner telling you what they want to do. And you're not doing it when you've never won squat and a team can go on a run in the second half when you've got two of the top five players in the game. I don't care if you're 10 games out, you still will have the belief if you're Artie Moreno that you're going to go undefeated in the second half, which is not really the second half. It's two months left after the trade deadline. The point is the Angels stink. They've been stinking since Otani got there. Otani's less than happy about that. If Otani wants to sign somewhere else, he can but he's not going to be traded. As a matter of fact, Coca, we don't have it on the document. Will you do me this honor? Will you please do an official wait to see when we say something's going to happen? And if it does, great. If it doesn't, great. Did we have an official wait to see yesterday that Scherzer was going to get suspended? I don't know whether we did. If we did, that's a yes. Today's wait to see, Shohei Otani will not get traded by the Anaheim Angels. Mark it, put it in the document. That's official. Otani's pitching tonight against the Royals. The Royals are one of, I guess, four or five teams. Let me let me get this for you, if you don't mind, because it is pretty staggering. We're, what are we, a month in? What day is today? April 21st, so we're not quite a month in. There are teams, the Royals are 4-15. and 15. That's a 2-11 winning percentage. The Oakland Athletics are 3-16. and 16. That's a 158. The Washington Nats are 5-13. and 13. That's a 278 winning percentage. That's not good. Bunch of bad teams. Who's the best team in baseball right now, if you had to guess? Who do you think has the best record in baseball? Any idea? Off the top of your head? Let's go, Brewers. Brewers and Braves are tied for the best record as we sit today, right now recording this. Anyway, Angels over the Royals. The Angels are favored like probably 270 to 1 to win this game. But we're going to do something a little different because we think the odds are a little rich and we're doing so well with these picks of the day that we don't want to take that huge risk in case Otani somehow, God forbid, something happens to him. We're going to take the Angels minus one and a half. That is the, um, hold on, Coco. What are, you, what are you saying to me? The Tampa Bay Rays have the best record in baseball. Yes, they do. All right, just wipe that, okay? Here's what happened. 
I didn't put the glasses on because you told me that when I do it, you think I'm not paying attention. So I'm trying to look at my phone, but it's blurry. And I'm not going to hold the phone like right next to the camera so I can really see it. So I looked at the Brewers in the National League at 14 and 5 and the Braves in the National League at 14 and 5. I saw a 737 winning percentage and I didn't see that the Rays were at 842. Just cut the whole damn thing. Just forget. It's Friday. And I'm in love. All right, Coco, thank you for that distraction. Do we even give the pick of the day yet? Angels. There's something in baseball when you're betting, you can do the run line, which is not picking just the team to win. It's how much they're going to win by. And run lines are generally one and a half, which means you're hoping your team does not have a one-run victory because then you win the money line bet but lose the run line bet. They need a two-run victory. The Royals are so bad. Angels, one and a half over the Royals. It's only minus 135. What a bargain. We're totally going to do that. So Cavs plus one and a half versus the Knicks. Angels minus one and a half over the Royals. That's tonight. All right. Next week, you're going to notice a few things different. I will not be in my usual location. I will be in a different location. You'll be hearing quite a bit of me as I check out the size of my PFD and whether I still need it aboard the pirate ship. I'm going to be down in Miami with Pablo and the rest of the crew doing the Levitard show. No idea if it'll be 10 minutes, one hour or three hours or four hours. What I do know is that every day at 8 a.m., I'll be live doing nothing personal. Come hell or high water, will I be in a hotel? Will I be scrunched in the side of a studio? Will I walk into the studios in Miami and Lebertard will say, hey, that's where we want you to film nothing personal. And it'll be the size of a broom closet. And then I'll disappear and I'll go somewhere else because I want to be a little more comfortable. Either way, it may look a little different. It may even sound a little different, but it'll still be us, me, Coca, and you, Monday, 8 a.m., live, nothing personal. Have a great, safe weekend. Let's be careful out there. It's just business. Let's see how many I can put in a row of expressions. This is nothing personal. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.